0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Does your house have a solar battery or an electric vehicle? By 2030, the Australian energy market operator thinks one in eight households will have one or both of those. And by 2050, that number could be one in four. By that time, under its blueprint, households could generate as much as 20% of the energy supplied to the grid. Today, the Australian Energy Market Commission, which sets the rules for our energy and our gas markets, is announcing plans to fast-track changes they say will help consumers get the most out of this energy transition. Anne Collier is the chair of the Australian Energy Market Commission and our guest. Anna, welcome. Thanks very much. In October last year, you gave a speech highlighting the importance of consumer energy resources to the overall transition. So what, you know, individuals and households can do. For people who aren't familiar with that term, if we can just drill down into some of this very (laughs) confusing language for people who are not working in this sector, what are we talking about here?
1: Absolutely. And you've just given a fantastic introduction of why this is so important. So customer energy resources are assets that end-use customers are investing in like solar panels, like household batteries, absolutely electric vehicles, but it's also things they already have like hot water systems or pool pumps. It's anything where they're producing their own energy or storing it or have, importantly, a degree of flexibility about when they actually use the energy. And so this collective term of customer energy resources captures all of those different kind of assets and they have a huge potential to make a really fantastic contribution to the energy transition, both for customers who have the assets, but really importantly for all customers so that we can achieve an equitable transition.
0: In practical terms, if a home has a battery or solar panels or, you know, someone's lucky enough to have an electric vehicle charging wall, no, many people don't, how does that change their energy needs and what they're likely to pay for power?
1: So at the moment... um, the way that the um, retail rules work is that you can just get one power plan from your electricity retailer that covers all of the different kind of assets that you're using power for. And so what we want to do with this reform is actually change that so that you can get a different plan for those different kind of assets and EVs are the best example because we can really see potential that your retailer might offer you a really great deal for your um, charging, for your EV. For example, if you can do it in the middle of the day because we're seeing excess solar being produced in the middle of the day and we really want to soak it up. And you might be really happy with that plan, but go, actually, for all my other energy use, for like my fridge and my lights, I just want to stick on a more traditional plan. And that's what this reform will enable you to do is to be able to take advantage of that different deal for that very particular asset where you've got flexibility on when you use the electricity.
0: You've said that if this is 20% of our energy mix, then it should be getting at least 20% of the government's focus. What specifically should the government change?
1: So we gave them a report at the end of last year, which was the culmination of about three years' work across all of the market bodies um, sitting under the banner of the Energy Security Board, and there was six key things we highlighted we really wanted the government to focus on from our perspective. That included... Customer protections, so for these new kind of services, at the moment, we've got them coming from traditional retailers. We'd love to open that up, but we need to make sure that any new service providers coming in are regulated in a way that makes sure customers are adequately protected. Um, Similarly, with new products, we want to make sure that products meet the technical standards that we set and that we have a strong compliance and enforcement regime so that they do that.
0: So... You've announced that you want to fast track your own recommendations. So, what will, will you bring in faster?
1: So, the one that we're fast tracking is actually a different reform. This one we are doing um, quite carefully because uh, there's a degree of technical um, complexity to it that we want to make sure we get right. So, the draft determination that we've put out determination we've put out today is intended to consult, so we get feedback from stakeholders, so that we're hitting the right mark. But we are fast-tracking rules um, in relation to the rollout of smart meters. So we completed a review of that in the middle of last year and then received a rule change request to implement our recommendations. We have a draft determination coming out on that one next month with the aim of actually completing those rule changes by the middle of the year so that we can get on with that accelerated rollout of smart meters. Okay, so that
0: will come in faster.
1: That will, yes. Mm. So that one's intended to start uh, 1 July 2025, the one that we're consulting on today. Uh, At the moment, we're saying 1 July 2026.
0: Okay. And you want households to be able to have individual devices like a smart fridge or a hot water system metered individually.
1: Just explain the benefits (laughs) of that. Um, So we see the benefits in two ways. So there's the kind of um, what you've just talked about behind the meter Arrangements where you might have a home management device that is helping you understand which of your devices use more electricity and um, be uh, you know you might adjust your air conditioner for a little um, for example um, so that it's uh, one degree higher so it's using a little bit of less electricity. What we're looking at is that interface between your household and uh, the actual grid, and so. Um, you know, at the moment, we're suggesting that you might have two different um, arrangements. So, just one um, separate plan. I guess, in, if we imagine our way out into the future and what technology might be able to do for us, it could be conceivable that you have multiple different plans for multiple different devices. But of course, you know, we understand that energy customers don't actually want to spend all of their day thinking about energy. So, that would take some really innovative smart technology to achieve. And that's the other real benefit that we see of the rule change that we're proposing today, is that it opens up the opportunity to start thinking about those possible futures.
0: And then there's the question of equity. When we talk about things like electric vehicles and battery charging, these things are really expensive and not accessible to most people. Are lower income households going to need more government support to help make this
1: transition? If we can do this really well, then we should be able to achieve benefits for the customers who invest in the assets and benefits for everyone else. And the reason for that is is that if we reward the customers who do have the assets for using them in a smart way that supports the grid, then that actually saves money for everybody. So if I go back to the electric vehicle charging example, if we had anyone, everyone who had an electric vehicle all charge their car at exactly the same time at five o'clock in the evening just when the sun's coming down and solar is coming off. That'll be expensive and we'll need more supply and we'll need a bigger grid and that's stuff that everyone plays for. But if we can shift behaviour by rewards and education and information and getting um, people engaged to say charge in the middle of the day when there's excess solar, then that actually reduces those costs because we're using solar that's already there. We don't have to build out any more grid. And so that saves money for everybody. So we see there's a real potential if we use customer assets well, that it serves all customers, not just those who have the assets.
0: Really interesting Um, and well explained too. It is a very dense area. Anna,
1: thank you. (laughs) Thanks very much. Great to talk to you.
0: Anna Collier is the chair of the Australian Energy Market Commission and you're listening to ABC RM Breakfast.